And now, rate that album, season three, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi, welcome back to Rate That Album, back and forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good friend, Paul Muadib. Paul, how are you doing? Joe, it feels so right with you by my side. Yes. Yes, it does, Paul. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> it really does, buddy. No, we're good. We're good. Um, uh, I don't have a whole hell of a lot. You know, how it's Thanksgiving, you know, we took a little bit of a break there. Um, and I'm glad to get at it because I have a lot to say about this this week's album that you picked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you saying you have so much to say that you knelt before your swelling king, Paul? I always kneel before my swelling king, Daddy. <laughs> right, you do. <laughs> yeah, this week we picked. Uh, I picked an album uh, based because Paul picked uh, a side project from Mike Patton from Faith No More, and I was like, reminded me that hey, the other guys in Faith No More have side projects too, and I it gave me an excuse to listen, revisit because I heard it when it first came out. Uh, Man on Man. It's a uh, Queer rock band composed of Roddy Bottom. He was in Faith No More and Imperial Teen. And Joey Holman from a, a band called Holman. Not familiar with it. Me neither. Uh, uh, yeah, so they put... So during the pandemic, you know, 2020, during the lockdown, these two uh, decided to record an album, which, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Uh, I don't blame them. We all went a little stir crazy. We sure did. It's wild to think because I was trying to figure, like, you know, it's two years, we're two years out of that, Paul. And it's mm-hmm. like, I was remembering that we started podcasting right before the pandemic hit. Yes, we did. We started yes, the we did. Peaks podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the world, and the, so like, I just kind of want to go back to that because it, the Twin Peaks co- podcast, originally we were going to do it, what, every other week? Every other week we were originally going to do it. Maybe once a month. Yep. Yep. That was kind of our tentative plan. And then we found ourselves with a lot of free time because, hey, nothing's open. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy how that worked. Absolutely. Because we started doing it originally when the return came out. We were like, hey, let's talk about – well, it wasn't when it came out, but, like, we started talking about it. We're both like, what's something we want to do? And we're like, dude, let's do Twin Peaks. It's coming up on the – you know, they got all these things. So, yeah, it was – and that was right before the pandemic. Yeah, because I think we've been doing this now for about two and a half years. Yeah, we started in February of 2020 because we started Mm -hmm. uh, recording on the day, February 16th. uh, Yes, February 16th. Laura Palmer's uh, murder. Death. Yep. Yeah, so like we're two years out. So while some people like us uh, decided to just uh, go nuts on the podcast, these two recorded an album, uh, which is like a nice little indie rock uh, album. I, I really enjoy this Man on Man album. Uh, it's it, it it scratches an itch so- sound wise for me. Uh, it's it's kind of shoegazy indie rock. With a really warped at times, almost uh, dream pop stuff coming out of it. Uh, yeah. So, Paul, let's hear your initial thoughts on this. 
Yeah, I have to completely agree. When I first heard this, it scratched a total inch itch because I love shoegaze. I've been in the shoegaze. There was a girl that I dated online years ago, um, and she got me in the shoegaze and um and dream kind of dream pop and i absolutely just fell in love with that genre so there's definitely some shoegaze here there's also that post grunge indie indie flair from like the early 90s uh excuse me late 90s early 2000s on this uh, with an avant-garde experimentalism that's done right there's some experimental music that's not done well this is very well crafted in its wheelhouse they're experimenting but they're not going outside of what they know like what i mean by that is they they created what i what feels like to me a barrier like um like kind of like okay these are our boundaries but everything within this boundary is our sandbox and that's how it felt like to me when i was listening to this album yeah yeah it's uh i would say tight in that regard but it's experimental but they keep it tight exactly yes yes tight experimental that's great. yeah yeah they're not yeah. really going for the bloat they're not going for like over the top like which you know, would almost expect from maybe somebody like mike Patton would do exactly like, just go like way over the top where these they, they, these two kind of reel it in and they're kind of like yeah so sound wise it's like that and then the lyrics deal with all sorts of <laughs> i really yeah and we'll get in that because the lyrics are really good on this um through most of the album the other thing i like about it is there is almost like this fill as as the album kind of goes and i'll point this out as we, we go through it but for me but there gets to a point where there's almost like a phil specter wall of sound to it that if done by the wrong people would suck and i gotta give um uh roddy and joey um credit because it's really good actually yeah i mean they were able to attain that without having to you know shoot a woman in their home and that's difficult to do when you're trying it to make is, a wall it sound is. you're yeah. living the phil specter life mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. yeah yeah the you just gotta shoot guns I mean, yeah. it's just it's just science people <laughs> ask phil <laughs> ask phil ask is phil. he still alive I do God, I don't know if Phil's still alive. You know, I, I don't know which timeline I'm in care. right now. <laughs> I, I don't know what timeline I'm in right now because I was convinced that Cedric the Entertainer was dead already. And apparently in my timeline, and then I came to this one, and he's not. Um, yes, he did die January of 2021. So yep, yep. No more Phil. Yeah. Good riddance to bad trash, Paul. Good riddance to bad trash. No, we could just <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not very yeah yeah all right so uh yeah uh, so you want to jump into this i do absolutely um yeah go ahead and start it joe all right let's start with uh stoner which is a uh if this is because it's a very similar it's basically a same rhythm throughout heavily distorted vocals uh very much in the vein i, I would say of say like neil young and crazy horse yeah, um, to me, there's definitely though an a a, a rentals pixie mm -hmm. doves feel to this whole album, uh, and so I definitely get some um, some rentals vibes. Um, very minimal in this song, but I thought it was a great opening song. Very catchy. The hook is great on the chorus. Yeah, it's a very catchy album. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, it's it's wild and very distorted, which is scratches a lot of it i love distorted vocals mm -hmm. i've always mm -hmm. have um yeah and it's just you know it's 
it opens up. It kind of get you know, it's the taste of what's to come. And the, based on the, and it very much indie rock of the early 2000s, late 90s. Mm-hmm. Which and, he's an imperial. He's he was an imperial teen, so that makes sense. See, and that's interesting. And I forgot that because I'm thinking, wow, this is coming from the guy from Faith No More. But then now that you just hit that to me, because that was something else I was going to bring up, like this is such a departure. But knowing that, that makes more sense. The other thing I want to say is it's pretty ballsy. And and I love it, though, that you're going six minutes in on the first song. Um, <laughs> but that's that's true shoegaze. And I love it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Mm-hmm. And I. I, mean, I just you, love this. Out. I just love the idea that these two were like stuck at home, and, and they made like, this. We're gonna make an album, <laughs> and they make a really good one. And again, this is also reminiscent to me of Slow Drive, Mojave Three, um, the 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 uh, Beach House, which is with the Dream Pop. But yeah, it's very very Catherine's Wheel. Definitely got that shoegaze feel. Yeah, yeah, and it, it it's catchy and. I, I think it's like, yeah, it's very shoegaze feel, but I think it comes without, like, I think some of the <clears throat> pretentiousness. Not, yeah, pretentiousness of shoegaze, where, mm-hmm. which I love shoegaze, but I can also admit, you know, it kind of crawled up its own ass, too. Some, just about some artists, every yes. genre of music does. Every genre of music does, especially when you get to certain artists. But when you look at, like, the true trailblazers of shoegaze, it wasn't like that. But what now we know of the shoegaze genre, there's a lot of artists that crawled up their own ass. So I'll give you that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so then we go, then we get a taste of, uh, you know, the relationship mm-hmm. uh, with daddy. daddy. <laughs> yep. But it has one of my favorite, uh, I used it before, but like it starts with, I took a ride to your house. I pulled, I pulled your shorts down and knelt before my swelling king. I took in everything. I just love that. I love that. Just, it's a very, uh, it's a very good way to describe a blowjob. It is. It is. <laughs> and then you get the jealousy. He took a ride to my house. He pulled down my shorts. He knelt before his swelling He took it. I gave him everything. Um, and uh, where where is it? Uh, he uh, what was it? He took a ride to your house. Yeah. Um, Oh, I, I got okay. The lyrics I had now. The, it's interesting here. I take that back. The genius lyrics are different than the lyrics I had when I was listening to it on YouTube. Um, so that's on me. I thought it was also was this juxtaposition of, of, of um, it looked like to me of, of an affair, but I guess not. I will say, very rentals. This is <laughs> very, 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 very rentals. Yeah. Um, and, but it's got a great mini anthem chorus, which <laughs> daddy, I'm can all we for. Keep it? Yeah, daddy. It. Yeah, if we, we just, get sick of it, then we'll take it to the zoo. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know a little bit about gay culture. I know what you're talking about there. That's yeah. No, that's pretty See, good. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll talk off air. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you <laughs> explain it to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll explain it to you off air, but if you know, you, you you know. Yeah, I guess I can I can kind of figure it out. I think you can kind of figure it out if you know certain terms. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, this is incredibly catchy, and I love the yeah the sing songy chorus. Yes, like, they're not afraid to do weird shit, and like but like you said, it's reined in. 
Mm-hmm. It's not going too much, but they're still good. <laughs> the sing-songy daddy, can you? Yeah, it's. I love it. I love it. And the instrumentation, I love because it's. It sounds minimalist, but there's a lot going on. There's, is, yeah, it's 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 intelligent. It's smart. Yeah, very smart. Very. So uh, now it's. Uh, it's so fun to be gay, Paul. Which I, I really like this song. I really did. It's, um, there's not a lot to it, and I know it. it one of your cardinal sins, but I think it worked here. It, it, it's one of my cardinal sins. I will say, compared to the other two songs, okay, again, this has a really rental feel to it. I started to hear what sounded like a mock Moog, and you know my feelings on that. Um, but it has a very post-grunge, late 90s or 2000 feel on this one. It's a pleasant song. I don't mind it. Yes, it breaks one of my cardinal rules, but it works for what it's trying to convey. However... Well, pleasant to me, I really enjoyed the hook of the first two albums, of the first two songs, and yeah. there wasn't really a hook here bringing me in. So, and but that's... It, the, and the lyrics are repeating, and it goes on for four minutes. Yeah. It's a little excessive, but I... It's one of those few times it didn't bother me. Like, I, that stuff we've discussed on here can really annoy both of us at times. You especially. I, I think I'm the more forg- forgiving one of that. But yeah, I still liked it. I said, it's simple. It gets to the point. It's just, and it's a, a lot of things I've noticed too. Like these are a lot of like, almost like McCartney ish. Yeah. Did you get pick up on like the, some of that, especially when the, 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 the song we'll get to about the Kardashian in so last season. Yeah. No, Very it's still def- like, like white album era McCartney. Yeah, very much so. I did. I got very much a very simple McCartney style to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, birds do it. Birds do it. Bees do it. We do it too. Um, you know, again, it's a fun gay anthem. Um, you know, definitely. I think this would be a great song um, to play, like at a pride thing, and it's, it's a wonderful. But again, compared to the first two songs, I was really, I, I really enjoyed the hooks and the and and so I was was disappointed. When it didn't come, but I still found the song very pleasant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next, we have Beach House. What'd you think of Beach House, Paul? Again, rentals. Um, yep. <laughs> and the Moog is that that Moog synth style sound is really there. However, there's that classic 2000s indie acoustic guitar and the vocal yep. reverb on it. And as much as the Moog, I like the fact, like one of the things I, I I love the rentals, but one of the things that really gets to me is just how Moog forward that synth is. It's rain back here, and that hook for the chorus is that is really good, really really good. Again, we're back to the hooks. I like that song a lot. Beach yeah, House. I do too, and uh, I love the acoustic. I like when uh, on this album they use the acoustic guitar and the piano. Yes, I. Maybe it's just because I feel like we're in an era where, like, everything's done. Like, I love electronic music, too. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like maybe there's just not a lot of instrumentation in popular music. You and I very much appreciate eclectic, right? Like, when something is – I get overloaded. Like, that's why I have a problem with pop because – 
And I usually go back like after pop has kind of happened and that type of thing. Like I'm usually a couple years late on it because I'm so overloaded with everything sounding the same. And then a couple years later, I can pick out the really good stuff because there's not as much noise around around it like there is. I, I, I don't know if that makes sense how I'm trying to explain it. Um, so when I hear something like this, it's like I it's it's filling a hole that I've been missing. Yeah, same here. Same here. Um yeah, it's and the lyrics are great on this one. Yeah, yeah. Let's go over some of the lyrics on uh, Beach House because it is like you know. Yeah, yeah. go go take it, another walk. Clear your head. It's not your fault. I'm saying things I shouldn't say. This isn't what we meant when we said we wanted to spend some more time on the West Coast. So basically, they. Uh, Sounds like they friction in a relationship. It's well, again, you're in a pandemic. Yeah, you're going to have that, right? Like you're stuck. We I know what that we all who had lived with other people. Yeah. Holy fuck. I was I was made I was the pandemic did not affect me because I was already living like that. And I'm a pretty much of a homebody. So like watching like you and everybody else kind of like go stir crazy a bit. Yeah, and it was like really odd to me, but I was just like, ah, you know. But I, it, I admit though, even for me, it got to be too much. Dude, it just four, got to be a bit much. Having four kids out of school, out of daycare, um, was. I loved the fact that I got to spend time with them. Like it was great doing that. But by the end of the year, I was so ready to go back to work. Um, and I want, I mean, the lyrics here, but we like to keep this beach house clean, stressed out and stuck in. Now we need some distance, but our love will see forever days. Very apparent that this was written about the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was wild, man. That was wild. Did you pick up any other hobbies during the pandemic? Um, yeah. Teaching. Teaching. Um, No, actually what I did during the pandemic. (laughs) <laughs> well, because I because my kids were pulled out. Of oh school. yeah, I guess yeah. So I was doing an online school, and we rolled them into an online academy, and I became I forget what they call it. Um, their oh God, they have a specific term for it. Oh, their learning coach. I was their learning coach. They call it in that academy. Um, coach. <laughs> yeah, and and I did get during the pandemic. I did get my pharmaceutical sales rep um, certification done. I became a minister and I bought land in Scotland and became a Lord. So on my credit cards, it says Lord Reverend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I did crazy shit during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. We all did, Paul. I appeared on Korean baseball. Good for you. That's right. You did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A cardboard cutout of me. Put up in uh, the dinos in South Korea. <laughs> How the fuck? Did, tell that story, dude. I want to hear okay, that story. Okay, so me and my buddy, like, during the original, everything's locked down, and I'm friends with a lot of sports reporters. You know, we both all work nights and we're in the same industry. And, like, they were just kind of going crazy because there was no professional sports going on. Like, everything was just done, except for in Korea, where they kind of clamped down on, you know, social distancing and all that pretty quickly. Uh, so they're watching the dinos play at like 3 a.m. because they had nothing else to do. Um, 
and then we're doing a Zoom one night, and they're like, hey, the dinos are going to – you can win a free hat or a jersey if you submit a photo, and they'll put you up as a cardboard cutout. And they're joking around, and I, I'm like – so I looked it up right away, and I submitted a fo- – I, I, I submitted it all like while they were talking. I'm like, yeah, I put my application in. They're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you actually did it? I'm like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then like one day – my buddy Brad, uh, he was uh, watching the dinos and he spotted my cutter cardboard cutout because <laughs> it was very obvious. Because it's back when I during the uh, I I had this huge red beard. Yeah, I knew that photo was going to be like if you want to get picked, you got to have something that stands out. So I picked out the most ridiculous photo I had, and uh, yeah, uh, he saw it. And then a month or two later, I got the hat in the mail. <laughs> That's phenomenal, dude. That's a- absolutely a terrific fucking story. I love it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, though the pandemic, we all did crazy shit, dude. Yeah. And other than that, I learned to I learned how to cook. Good for you. Yeah, yeah I, I did a lot of cooking during the pandemic too. Yeah, like it was just you had nothing else for really to do. That was like, I mean, it's weird because we're talking about it past tense. So it was only two years ago, but it feels like longer than that at this point. Because everything was felt so slow during that pandemic. I think that's what really affected people was life went down to a crawl because especially I think in American culture for our international fans that we have, because we do have quite a few. um, And um, it's, it's very fast paced. It's very, they just keep you moving. You can't really think. And so when you get that time down, it is, kind of rough um and you don't really think about it. i mean it's nice to have but yeah yeah you don't really think of it um so when you have that there it's like oh. yeah our brazilian friends our spanish friends um air high listening in iran uh <laughs> canada i yeah yep yeah it was wild but yes i learned i taught myself how to cook which was it's come in handy. It's come in handy. I've saved a lot of money, Paul, because I was eating out every day. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was, I, I, so I'll just bring this up now. Um, I got diagnosed uh, uh, yesterday, uh, no, day before yesterday, with uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease um, from eating all junk and shit for the last couple of years. So now I have to completely change my diet and start working out and shit. So like for me, I started cooking a lot, but also like once that was done and like life started to start back up, I went right back to my old ways. And now it's like, fuck, I'm paying for that. So yeah, I got to get back into it. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, don't worry, you'll have me around for a long time. All right, I was gonna say, thanks for bringing us down, Paul. No, Paul. it's nothing. It's nothing terribly life. <laughs> I hope you're okay, Paul. No, Jeez. I'm. It's I'm fine. Just like drop that on me in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> no, it sounds worse than it is. It really only takes four years off your life. So if you can like turn it around with diet and exercise, which is all it takes to get it back under control, uh, I'm I'll be fine. And that's what I've been doing. Like I've already got like regiments and diets and like workout routines set up. So don't worry, dude. Yeah, we're good. We're we're golden. I'm even quitting smoking. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Ah, so next we have 1983. I really like this song because it has like the bass line. Mm-hmm. 
is fast and like uh, feels like it's a minor key. I'm not good with that, but it's just like really there definitely is a there definitely is a minor going. There's definitely yeah, a, minor. It's a minor going on. Here, so mm-hmm. I really like the vibe of this song. Yes, and it's pretty rare when you get to use promenade in a song too. So. And sucking you off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish more songs had that in there too. <laughs> you know, we've been doing a lot of. <laughs> I text you a line. What is a good time? <laughs> yeah, you know, sucking makes me feel really good. That's. It's just that when we're fucking, I feel more under more understood. Um, yeah, I felt this one had a late career Iggy Pop vocal effect on it. <laughs> um, very candy, 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 Iggy Pop vocal effect, but with a Catherine Wheels, very Catherine Wheels um, style to it. This is the one, though, in my notes I have written that Mog Synth is getting really old. <laughs> 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 but I like the song a lot. I felt the vocal change going from these things, and I'll tie that in, 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 in when we move down to uh, the next song. But yeah, I like that one i like did i did like this song yeah in the lighting you brought up it's just that when we're fucking i feel more understood like i've felt like that in relationships before Mm -hmm. oh yeah Mm -hmm. that's just like you just never hear somebody just say that on a record though you never heard john lennon sing that no no but the thing is i think gabriel he's all talking (laughs) about the carpet crawlers but where is he talking about about the fucking you know yeah, yeah, the carpet ah. crawlers heed their callers, um, <laughs> and you know, and his sledgehammer. Yeah, when you have something that's just out there, I think really is resonating in that line because I think we've all been in that position where it's something universally we felt, just no one's ever come out and said it in words like that. And I think that's refreshing, and it's honestly less is more when it comes to brilliance. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now uh, we come to. Baby, you're my everything. Yes. This is the one. I felt like when I listened to this song, again, it's shoegaze, rentals, Iggy Pop. But I felt like all the songs prior to this were leading up to this one track in terms of the vocal, the arrangements, all the instruments that are going on. It just felt like a really smart spot on the album. This is absolutely, I felt the perfect place to put this song. And it's such an enjoyable song. And the lyrics are strong on this. Strong lyrics. And again, it's simplistic. Mm-hmm. It's simple. It's not simplistic. It's It, it feels... It, it, that's one of the best songwriter things like that makes something sound simple when it's really not. Uh, it's what Bob Dylan used to say about Johnny Cash. Is he could make a, a complicated song simple. Yeah. And I think like they kind of do that here. Absolutely. Yes. And the lyrics are brilliant. Um, uh, you know, um, so, um, look at, look at what the Lord dragged in blessed prose and perfect skin brother, lover, next akin, baby, you're my everything. Uh, majestic, soft and deafening, uh, whispers, soft and deafening this majestic reckoning praise and glory to my King, baby, you're my everything. Really, really again, simple, but strong. <laughs> and you know, Middle finger, take my ring. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, you're my everything. everything. It's so good. It's really, and again, I, it's perfect placement on this album because as we'll talk about, the second half of the album goes different places. So this really does feel like a smart A side to an, to a, an album. And then, Absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really like if, like truthfully, I know we don't talk about there being the perfect album, but if there was only these six tracks, it would be probably a perfect EP. Yeah, and yeah, pretty damn close. Pretty damn close to a perfect EP. Yeah, yeah. So next we have two at a time. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on two at a time? This is when it all changes. This is B side. Um, it's very <laughs> different. I call it uh, Pixies in the Shoegaze, and it's serviceable. Um, I didn't think it was great. Didn't really care for the hooks. Lyrically, it's fine, but it definitely has a very uh, Frank Black uh, lyrics uh, feel, Breeders, Kim Deal style um, uh, um, arrangement to it, Um, but with that Shoegaze sheen. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I agree. I agree. Uh, the lyrics uh, I felt was I liked because it did feel very pandemic-y. Yes. Yes. You're trapped in a room, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, you know, and you're with the person you love, but it's also like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're trapped here. You're trapped with two people. You're trapped. Yep. Yeah. So I get that. And it's, and it's done in a, this is like the one of the ones that I felt like very McCartney-ish. The one, two, three, four, five. You know, like. Yeah. But again, and I feel like that they also took that from, I, I mean, and I felt like, again, that's where I got the Pixies kind of thing. One, two, three, four, five, pa, 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 pa. That has that. I also felt like though the way that they're singing it, and I really feel like that's how Frank Black really was influenced by, my, by McCartney's pop sensibility, but putting it in that mm-hmm. punk, post-punk, format which is was just lightning in a bottle yeah 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 so like you know i think we're a little different on the side b i i kind of like side b a little bit more i well we'll get but there that's but we'll you know that's there. where we're gonna we both agree it's a good album it's a good album no 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 we just like no. different things about it. yeah and again i don't hate the song i just really enjoy the hooks yeah. From the first part the of it, the hooks were so strong. The hooks were strong, and then you get to a point where there's not hooks, and I'm expecting these brilliant hooks to continue. Yeah. So again, that's why I call it serviceable. I don't hate it. I yeah. don't hate it. Yeah, yeah it's just uh, it's yeah, it's very the 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 choruses and lyrics and a lot of the vibe feels very minimalist. And we'll get to that with Lover, which is I think this is a beautiful little song. Mm-hmm. There's no hook. So it's, it's kind of a weird. The whole album's kind of weird anyway. But the whole album's like, weird. It takes a weird turn with side B, which is mm-hmm. like the music, I think, gets a little more experimental where it gives the, the vocals and the lyrics uh, almost a backseat. Not like backseat, but it's not. they're not going for what they did on side A. Yes. Yes. Um, and getting to Lover, I have it written in all caps. I love this song. Uh, <laughs> I love this song. It's got ween-like vocals, which I'm absolutely here for. Um, it's got great instrumentation. It's a wonderful arrangement. It's 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 a it's a four minute song with like 
two fucking verses. Yeah, and, and it's beautiful too. And the it's beautiful. beautiful. It's like it's a beautiful it, song. This, the, these guys, these dudes, love each other. It's fucking beautiful. Like, it is. It is. You could tell the love in this album. I mean, you would be a, you would make a perfect husband, a companion in private and in public. You're the song I'm thinking of in the morning through the night. You're mine. It's gorgeous. Yeah, um, it's kind of also brings up people's self-perception so that it begins with i don't mind the weight of any part of your body on mine i don't care what you say to yourself i think you're doing all right you're fine which i you know it's kind of consoling and like letting the other person like i don't care if you're a fat guy <clears throat> right you know what i mean like i love you like <laughs> you know and i will say i love this album i came out a couple years ago as queer and um you know so um, you know, I'm, I'm not gay. I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I identify as queer. I have my own things, but one of the things that I have, and I've talked to people about this over the years is I find for me, personality is a lot to the attraction and I can absolutely relate to this song because there's times where there'd be people who maybe they're not conventionally gorgeous. Maybe they're not conventionally attractive, but if I really enjoy their personality, it's like a switch to me. And then actually there's been people who like are conventionally very attractive, but their personality, like I can find flaws on, on them that immediately turns me off because of their personality. And I feel like this is a song that really translates to that style of sexuality. Yeah. I, people don't, if I don't, relate to somebody on an intellectual level i just can't i won't even contemplate dating mm-hmm. i just it's been me, there done that and i won't do it again it's just it, it, i it, it's nothing like it really against them like if i just you know people are different and all that yep. but i just can't on any level like have a conversation about shit that interests me like maybe that's just selfish of me maybe no. not maybe that's very selfish of me but still that's just who I am. But like, if I, if it's like just vapid talk, I get very bored and very annoyed. Annoyed is like that. So that's like, kind of like what will always sour that. If if I'm with, like on a date or something, like somebody's talking and they're like, I have zero fucking interest in what they're saying. And they're just talking about like bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. I fucking, I, I have to find a way to get the fuck out of there. I, I have been very fortunate in my life. I have dated some some tens and I've dated some ones. And I'll tell you, um, there's been times where I've been on dates with some tens and I've, I've broken up with them. And I've had many of my friends go, what the fuck? She's way out of your league. Why did you fucking break up with her? You're an idiot. And it's like, yeah, she's gorgeous, but my God, she doesn't know what the word recruit means. Like, like, I can't, it's, there's, you can only go so much with that. Like, it's not going to work. You know, I've had other people go, man, why are you dating that girl? She's way below it. I'm like, fuck you, man. She's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, I I really adore the message of this song. Yeah, yeah. I can't, like, I won't even, I'll, I'll do the one date, and if there's no click, I've just I'm I've never continued it. Mm-hmm. Just some, you know, it's just how I am. I'm just I'm with, yeah. I'm so pig headed with like that shit, but you know, it but, makes me sound like an asshole. But that 
It's Again. not though. You're not though. You gotta have <laughs> I, that. I don't like. I feel like I'm wasting people's time. Right. You know what I mean? If I'm just like trying to phone something in or try to, if you try to make something out of nothing, it it just doesn't work for me. Well, and I I think I go from the adage of you know beauty does uh, physical beauty doesn't stay. Eventually, everyone's going to be 60, 70, and they're not going to be what they look like now. So you better damn well appreciate and have, be able to have conversations and have that uh, intellectual, emotional connection. Because if there isn't, I mean, we've seen a big rise on people divorcing in their 50s and 60s. And why the fuck do you think that is? Yeah. Be- because of that exact thing. Yeah, people are – they have a very shallow – Very shallow. I get. I, I. I'm not going to call him out, but um, he, I know he doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, but uh, I know a guy, and um, I'm not going to say his name. But he was dating a girl, and very, very. I really liked her. Um, she was friends of all of us, and he he started like being you know whatever. And I was like, dude, what? Like, like, what's going on with that? Like, she's super cool. He's like, oh man, she's put on like 30 pounds. Like, I just I can't anymore. And I was like, what? Wow. All right. <laughs> Cool on you, People gain weight, dude, man. Yeah, yeah. It's life. Uh You're not going to be... Fuck. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Yep, I didn't get it either. I didn't get it either. It just amazes me that people... You know, I'm just looking for somebody I can fucking talk to and shit. (laughs) Like, have a conversation about weird... You know, how hard is it to find somebody who enjoys the weirdness of David Lynch? I mean, fuck. I'm just doomed. I'm doomed to be single. It's it's hard. No, dude, it's hard. And, you know, I'll bring it up, too, like, because Bobcat Goldthwait had a brilliant bit on this a couple years back where he's like, he got done at a show and he was telling this bit. And he goes, and this girl came back and she's like, I want to fuck you all night. And he's like, "Eh, at this point in my life, that doesn't sound like a fun night. Like, maybe once or twice and then maybe you can give me some soup and, like, we can cuddle on the couch and... Maybe talk about a few things, but eh, that doesn't sound like me. Because <laughs> you're all going to get to that point. Yes, find someone that's in the David Lynch. Um, find someone that's that that loves Kyle MacLachlan as an actor. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We need people who understand the genius of showgirls, Paul. <laughs> absolutely. Vanderhoven. Vanderhoven, my man. <laughs> he made RoboCop, people. Why? He made RoboCop. Why do you hate this movie? He's a genius. <laughs> it's Jesse from Saved by the Bell. What do you want? <laughs> She's so excited. She's so excited. That, that caffeine so... pill addiction really took Jesse to dark places. <laughs> caffeine pill addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Morris is trash. All right. Let's move All right. Yes. So we get to please be friends. This is what I would probably call like made me think of McCartney the most. Because mm-hmm. it starts with a little piano planks and Kardashian. Mm-hmm. So last season. So it really like white album era McCartney. It does. I will say I have my notes on this one, piano song again, very different feel. Um actually uh, we were listening to it and um, my wife brought up, she's like, that sounds like one of your joke songs that you did, um, for Gretchen, where may she be that I made like a very short, that me and my buddy Scott made a very short snippet on, a, on my very, very best of fake album that we did many years ago. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yes, it does. Um, I, I like it, but to me, 
I, this is me personally. I felt this is the weakest song on the album. Um, really felt like a filler song. Um, and I, I, it found out of place um, to me musically. Uh, lyrically, it's great. But I just felt instrumentally like it didn't fit. That's, yeah. m- that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. But I really like the lyrics on here. It's just yes. very, uh, very strong lyrically. Yeah, very, very. I mean, I look back at all the people out in front of me. It feels like everybody's making fun of me. It comes down to who my friends and who's my enemy. Please be friends. Please be friends. Please be friends. Please be friends. It's there's still time for all of us to get ahead of this. And it's still like I don't want to be a pessimist, a pessimist. So let's try for all of us. Make the best of this. Please be friends. And I totally get your McCartney vibe on it because it does feel like McCartney esque lyrics, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, now we get to Kamikaze, Paul. Kamikaze. This is when I like. This is the Doves. This feels <laughs> totally like the Doves. It's piano driven, but now we're getting back to those hooks that were just I per I love I love, mm-hmm. and I really felt like this should be the ending song of the album. Um, that was my vibe. Like, I feel like the placement of it, but I love the, like the storytelling of this one driving down 40 West kamikaze crop, crop duster better keep his distance. He don't want to catch, uh, from us what we've been running from. I've been thinking, I've been thinking is the virus worse than the disease? Um, everything, everything, everything will end this anxiety. It's so good. Yeah. And very, uh, very, I think comes out of a lot of the paranoia mm-hmm. with COVID. So I think we all, <laughs> you know, I think we're trying to all put that shit behind us, but it was yes. a very fucking weird time, man. Like it was like, it was paranoia and it was just strange. Everything was fucking weird. It was weird. I don't want to turn people off with politics and shit, but we had a president who was like suggesting, ingesting bleach to kill the virus. And like, that's something like I would have thought of at like 3am drunk off my ass. Right. But I wouldn't have told anybody that thought I would have woke up and like, that's probably a pretty dumb idea. (laughs) We, it was a very weird time. It was a very weird time. And yeah, again, I, you know, politically take it for what it is. I mean, I'll call any president on their fucking stupidity. I don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah. That was here, fucking stupid. That was just like a weird thing for somebody to say, like, you know, like even like, again, like seems like someone I'd drunkenly come up with. And then I'd just be like, I better not tell anybody that that, that might be a little ridiculous. And then like this guy's just saying it on TV. Yeah. And it I was apologize. A fucking weird time. <laughs> It was weird times. And he came out and said a lot of weird things. And I think he was going through it, too. Yeah. Um, I think it's everyone like, was going it. through it. Everybody said weird shit. Everybody said weird shit. Go back to that time and look ideas. at YouTube channels. We all had fucking weird ideas because we had no idea what this thing was. But, yeah. like, we just didn't tell millions of people. <laughs> we just kept it to ourselves. But that's because you and I are Midwesterners. Yes. We keep yeah. we politely keep our crazy ideas to ourselves or or for this podcast. Right. 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 Oh, I I think you and I exercised our crazy theories with the P- Twin Peaks podcast. That was a good uh avenue for us to like let out all the crazy. That's was a great avenue for us to let out all the crazy because we're going down these David Lynch rabbit holes, right? Yeah. And that was that was good for us because yeah, it was I think a harmless rabbit holes. 
It kept us steady, Paul. It, it did. It did. It did. And again, I still go back and listen to those old podcasts sometimes. We had some really good ideas. I really think we kind of locked in what Twin Peaks was about more than better than that four hour fuck. Yeah. We also had some wild ideas, too. We did. We did have some wild ideas. <laughs> like, to be yeah. fair, we also had some pretty out there <laughs> shit in our heads. Yeah. No, we did. We did. Season two was was rough for everyone. Trying to yeah, trying that, to that, that almost made the pandemic worse for me, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> Season two is rough, dude. Season two is really, really rough. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Um, well, now, Paul, we're getting to the the last album, last of the album. So, it yep. floated. It floated. It floated. I mean, it, it's fine for last out. I, I, I agree with you. I think the track before would have been better, Kamikaze. Mm-hmm. But it works. Well, and again, my son pointed out that the song definitely is is very, very, very similar. And I'm sure this is a stream of consciousness thing from a song that plays in Metal Gear Solid Five during the Kaz speech. Um, it, it's it, it's a, I mean, and I didn't I did not recognize it. Like I was playing it. My son's like, oh, yeah, that's Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm like, you're being weird. What are you talking about? He's like, it's a meme song, Dad. I'm like, did no, you this tell is your the- son. He's being weird. <laughs> no, 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 but I'm just saying, My God, Paul. <laughs> no, no, I didn't actually say it out loud, but you know, you think these things as a parent, you got to understand. Yeah, like, you think, you these know, things. like the, the bleach, you know, you have the idea, but you just don't say it. Right, right, that right. That guy right. said it. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't say it, but I'm just like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, that's a meme song. I'm like, no, it's for the album I'm doing. He's like, hold on, Google. And then he's, he's like, you know, puts in the song and I'm like, whoa, dude, really good ear. He's like, yeah, no, dad, it's from memes. He's like, that's totally the meme song. I'm like, it's actually not the same song. It's a little different. And he goes, huh? He goes, guess they stole it. <laughs> he goes, <and> walks <laughs> Yeah, I see. I don't, I don't play enough video games. I wouldn't know, but you shared it with me right before we started recording and i was like yeah your son's right that's a good ear yeah no it's really good ear like i was impressed i was like wow yeah dude because especially since like it's a clip like we're over the speech in the video game so the music's kind of there but not present so the fact that he was able to pick that out i was pretty damn impressed now again I'm going to do this as a stream of consciousness, uh, unconsciousness. I don't think they, they they stole that one. I could make a song out of that. I really don't. Um, Metal Gear Solid Five was not that good, did not sell well. Not a lot of people played it here in the U.S., so, you know, that's the thing. Um, but, again, this know, is man. A f- people are locked in that year. They might uh, valid point. Valid point. Well, we might as well play this piece of shit game. Uh, there was games I went back to that was like, well, I guess I never beat that. I guess I'll fucking beat it now. Valid point. That's a valid point, Joe. Um, yeah, but uh, filler song. Um, I, this is a take it or leave it. I really yeah. was. It, it's not a good ending to an album, in my opinion, in terms of placement. Um, but again, it's not bad when you. It's just compared to the greatness that is the rest of the album. Yeah. It's. Uh, but again, you put this on a Porridge Radio album. It's solid fucking gold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we really keep pun- punching down on poetry. It's not punching down. Maybe, they maybe put themselves out to... there. It's not punching down. They put themselves out there. Yeah, fucking idiots with that album. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that brings us to the end of Man on Man. Paul, I yes. really like this album. 
Uh, yes. I like the vibe of it, man. I am with you on this. When Again, when you told me it was Roddy Bottom from Faith No More, and I didn't register the other stuff he'd done, um, I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, whatever. And then you get this, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I Again, I am a shoegaze whore, um, dream pop whore. You give me those things, I'm super fucking happy. And again, going back to that post-grunge, late 90s, early 2000s indie rock um, vibe on top of that. You're giving me the rentals. You're giving me Iggy Pop. You're giving me um, the Doves. I I cannot hate this album. It's I can. Yeah, I love it. All right. So I guess we both uh, would recommend. I would recommend this album. Self-titled album. Absolutely. Yeah, 100 percent. Do we know? I, I've been looking for it. Do we know how it did or what the reviews were nope, for it? I don't know any of that, Paul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's remember. hard. Like, nobody knows of this album. I've been looking for things on it. Yeah, I was too. Um, it, it's, it, it dropped, and then, you know, it, it, like the only reason I know knew about it is that our friend Dan uh, mm-hmm. it came out, and, like, he's always finding shit like this and throwing it, throwing what he knows I would probably like my way and like he threw this my way and I was just like fuck and I listened to like the first couple tracks and then I forgot about it until so yeah that's how I knew about it I did see a review and I can't remember where it was from but they gave it a four out of five I'm like there's no wiki for this so there's no wiki for yep there's another one that gave it four out of five um the kerrang.com gave it four out of five let me look at Metacritic here. Metacritic has it as an 87 based on four critical reviews. So DIY Magazine gave it a 90. Music OHM gave it a 90. The Wire gave it 80. And the Crane gave it 80. Um, Rolling Stone did something on it, but they didn't really rate it. They just talked about it, but they didn't do like a full-on review, those pig fuckers. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, when I'm looking at this here, okay, um, albumoftheyear.com, two gave it, um, two users gave it a 90 out of 100. Then you got eight on the 80 out of 90, uh, excuse me, 80 out of 89. People have 10 on the 70 to 79, 10 on the 60 to 69. I put this in an easy 90. Yeah, I would too. It's, yeah, that's it's easy. This is easy in an 80, uh, in a 90 to 100 category, 100%. It's, yeah, it's musically interesting. Uh, the lyrics are really solid. The vocals are like, again, that's kind of like, it has that indie rock, indie pop stuff that I just fucking love, which, you know, I feel like people who listen to this, like, oh yeah, the record store guy likes that shit. But you know what? Fuck you. I do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, fuck you. Yeah, I really like it. I really fucking I really like it. That. So I would recommend I really like it. it. It's just, it's good. I, it, I wish it got more recognition, but that's me too. This Me is the too. Nature of the beast, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a really solid album. I wish more music like this got recognition. Um, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, you know, I mean, in I the think left- if it came out maybe 15 years ago, it probably would have probably would have done better back when brick and mortar record stores were more of a thing. And yeah, no, it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, yeah. All right. So that was uh, man on man, Paul. That was man on man. 
Um, so, Joe, let's do plugs. What's going on at the Joe Down? Uh, we still got to get around to our uh, <laughs> review of Cool as Ice. God. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, dragging our feet on that one, but uh, can't really blame us, Paul. It's a vanilla ice movie. <laughs> it is. It is a vanilla, a vanilla ice movie. Um, I'm in no rush to watch a vanilla ice movie. Watch the Rift Tracks version of it, too, when you get a chance. It's brilliant. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um, all right, Joe. Well, before we get to my pick for next week, do you have anything else you want to discuss, bring up, talk about? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm enjoying the continuous downfall of Twitter. Yeah, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? It's still around, but it, I I don't know for how much longer. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 weird when uh, the owner is toxic to his own brand. Like that doesn't happen very often, but uh-huh. you know. Elon Musk, man, like if he would have just not tried to been a a fun troll, internet troll, because he doesn't really have a sense of humor. Yeah, if he would have just been quiet and just like, yeah, I bought Twitter. I think people would probably not as been as annoyed. But you know, he had to fucking look at me and try to do try to be funny, and he just like it's like sideshow Bob stepping on the rakes. Right, right. <laughs> um. Well, I will say, Joe, interestingly enough, Thanksgiving, people must have really wanted to listen to us. We had um, just on SoundCloud alone had 105 listens on fucking Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um, we've been doing well. Uh, The show is still we're still getting that about, you know, um, about 100, 150 a week. Um, we're just gradually going up. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, hey, did we ever hear from the person who suggested the Tears for t- Fears? Uh, we did not. I will. I will. I will reach back out to them and see what they thought of our of our critique. Okay. Yeah, I, I like not. to hear what how people what people thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I definitely. She probably just out. stopped listening to us after that. Like, fuck you. Guys. <laughs> it's very possible. It's very hey. possible. <laughs> like, I, we are horrible people. Um, oh yeah, I got okay. I got this here. I can't see where it is, but um, in the in uh, so, um, Joe, we're getting listened to a lot more than I thought we were because it's 270 on SoundCloud for the month so far, 256 listens on the RSS feeds. <laughs> so we're getting in the 600, 600 a month listens right now. Jesus. <laughs> So good for us, man. Thank you, everyone that's listening. You're fucking awesome. Um, We're two guys who know stuff, Paul. We're two guys who know stuff. Well, Joe, do you know what we're doing next week? Yeah, let's. What are we doing next week, Paul? I feel like we've had a really strong string of really good albums. And, you know, you talked about how we haven't been really represented by, you know, the, the, uh, we had a lot of straight white man music, right? That's <laughs> almost all of our reviews have been. Yeah, straight white I man music, been right? trying to do other things. Yep. Yep. But yep, your crippling been... addiction to white people music, Paul, <laughs> keeps bringing us back. Well, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something different here. All right. Um, so we are going to do, um, some ec- uh, uh, esoteric Buddhist spiritual rock, reggae, Native American country music. We're doing Steven Seagal's Songs from the Crystal Cave. 
He made an album. He made two. <laughs> yes, we are di- diving into my well of uh, <laughs> we were diving into my well of actors that go in and make shitty albums. Um, and boy, oh boy, both of his album covers is like him, <laughs> like in the most like early '90s, like uh, warm tones with a guitar. Mm-hmm. Yes, a man who says he was playing black jazz music when he was four years old at clubs. <laughs> he his string of like shit he tells people is amazing. I do. We're, we're gonna dig into that next week. We are. What was the what was the the guy who Tom who literally made him shit his pants? Mm. Shit, I can't remember his name, but I've heard. We're gonna get into those stories because he knocks him out. He knocks Steven Seagal out, and Steven Seagal allegedly shit his pants. Steven Seagal. Well, and supposedly, um, who? God, I watched an interview with who was it? Shit. Um, there was a guy who I, I watched. Actually, I watched all these things, and I've been really preparing for this one as well because we had time. Um. Uh, there was an actor that was in a, um, it was this, um, it was Gene LaBelle. It was Gene LaBelle. Yeah, who was Gene, the one, LaBelle. It was Gene LaBelle who made him shit his pants. And allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. Uh, well, and there was an interview with, uh, God, I forget his name. And we got to be really, I mean, I don't give a fuck, but we are going to get torched. Um, <laughs> we are going to get torched. Um, because there's a lot of people who are like hardcore Steven Seagal apologists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's crazy. The scene is like uh, where he's like, you know, training people and he's just like all fat and he's barely moving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like he's like one step away from having a donut hanging out of his mouth. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, there, um, there, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a, uh, there is a bunch of like fake martial arts. 14 songs, and they're all written or co-written by Steven Seagal. But do you see who's on it? Stevie fucking Wonders on the album, dude. Yeah, Uh, he plays harmonica, Paul. (laughs) Yep, yep. There's a lot of shit that we're going to get into with this. We are going to be really digging into it. But yeah, Kevin Hart says he saw it. But God, I can't remember who was the other actor. It was a younger actor that was on set for something else that they were working on, but happened to be on the sound stage um, and saw this happen. Um, and I'll find that interview. We'll go into it. Oh my God, dude, there's just some crazy shit that Steven Seagal says he's done. Um, there's like, uh, there was someone that won like a mixed martial arts, like an MMA fight and Steven Seagal took credit for it. Like everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, He's famous for just like kind of making shit up, and then like, yeah. but for some reason, nobody ever called him out on it. Yeah, it's Hulk Hogan level insanity. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan level lies. Um, but yes, the the style of music can be described as outsider country meets new world music meets a keto. Uh, 
That's not a thing, Paul. Just letting you know what the genre, according to Steven Seagal, is. Um, oh, doesn't he live in Russia now? Uh, yeah, he's a, we'll he's a big Putin fan. I know that. He is a huge Putin fan. Yeah, he's he he is like an ambassador to Russia. He is kind of like how. Um, well, he has citizenship there. I think. Uh, I think he has dual citizenship. Um, and he also is a cop in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, he had a reality show for a while about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Russia. Yeah, I heard that on a, po- a podcast recently, and uh, Tom Segura was talking about it or something. I was just like, what the fuck? I felt like my... <laughs> I just... This is this can't be real. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's real. Um, he is God. What what is his title? Um, he is the um, oh, citizenship in three countries, Paul. Here, <laughs> Serbia, and Russia. Well, we're gonna get into it, man, because uh, there's oh, there's a bunch of shit. Um, yeah, uh, he is God. I forget what it is. Uh, he. Ah, I want to know what the what the fucking title of it is, but he has an actual official title of like an ambassador, Russian interference, or some uh, goddamn I can't remember what it is, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, there's a lot to talk about. We're gonna be talking a lot about Steven Seagal outside of the album. Uh, <laughs> He's just a hot mess, man. Jesus. He's a hot mess, dude. It's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> We are gonna have a blast next fucking next fucking uh next week, dude. I'm so excited for this. Um I'm already exhausted thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus, like he has all these accusations from women about sexual harassment. Let's <laughs> like, not forget he is considered the b- absolute best host of Saturday Night Live ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess uh, <laughs> everybody worked with him. Said he was the worst fucking host they ever worked with, and that's including Chevy Chase. Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll tell it now. You're worse than Chevy. I mean, to people like Chevy's like apparently good to everybody else, but I guess like behind the scenes, like geez, it's just a fucking nightmare. And I guess Steven Seagal was the was the same way. So I'll tell the story now and I'll give a brief version of it next week when we do it. Cause I'll just as a recap, but I watched an interview with Al Franken who was there that week. And so Steven Seagal had a huge problem with like, he took himself so seriously and any joke that was made about making fun of himself, he was with like Nick's. He'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So Lauren Michael is there and Al Franken is in the room with a couple of the other writers and Seamus Seagal says, Hey, I got a sketch idea. Okay. What is it? Um, so Victoria Jackson's going to come in to, to, and I'm going to be a hypnotherapist and I'm a hypnotizer to have sex with me. And at the end of the, at the end of the, the sketch, um, uh, I, I tell her that she, I, that she needs to come back every week. And Hal Franken goes, Lauren's sitting there going, hmm. And Lauren being the producer has to, you know, be in good graces with every fucking host. So he goes, I fall on the sword and go, 
So you want to make the darkest sketch ever put on television? And he was the guy was like, you hate all my ideas. And so um He's just raping a woman every week. That's the joke, huh? Pretty much raping Jesus a woman every week. That, that's the joke. Well, then they were gonna do a Hans and Franz bit. And they're, you know, the whole thing with Hans and Franz is how they love Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they were going to talk about, you know, they're going to make jokes about how Arnold could kick his ass. And Seaman Seagal, like, gets up and leaves. And he kind of, you know, gets up and he's staring off. And, like, what do you think it's Steve? And he goes, he literally says, I wish Arnold was here so I could kick his ass right now. And they're like, are you fucking serious, dude? Um, yeah, it was, it's, it's never been redone, uh, re- replayed. They've absolutely never replayed that episode of SNL. And later they did a bit with Nick Cage when he'd done Moonstruck and, and um, Honeymoon and whatever. And like the, his monologue bit was, it was really great because I got to see Cher's ass. And it was really great because I got to see Jennifer Jason's tits. And like, you know, then like Lauren Michael calls him over and is like, hey, you know, your niece, nef- uh, whatever, Sophia uh, Coppola. If someone was on stage on Saturday Night Live talking about their tits, how would you talk about tits? Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. You must think I'm the worst host ever. And Lauren Michaels goes, no, that was Steven Seagal. (laughs) 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 Like as part of the monologue bit. And that pissed off Steven Seagal. So when he was on a talk show, he called out the SNL member that was on this talk show. Like, why did Lauren say that about me? And was trying to start a fight with him on stage on the Leno Tonight Show about this joke on this monologue that Nick Cage did. The dude's insane. Yeah. We have a lot to talk about next week, sir. Jesus Christ. It's going to be genius. In addition to his music. (laughs) He should should never have known he put out an album, Paul. Well. This is my hell. <laughs> Knowing it's half the battles. Again, this is my thing when it comes to music. Like, like this is my thing. Artists, mu- actors who have gone to make music. And I know there's shit out there, Joe, that you have never heard and you were going to get to it. But I figured we've had a really good, strong run. And I think our audience would like us to suffer a little bit. So we're going to suffer for our art. And we are doing songs from the Crystal Cave. Steven Seagal's 2005 album. So this is long after, like. Like Navy Seals, <laughs> like this is when he really sucked up into his own ass. Yeah, he couldn't even. He wasn't even. If he was making movies, there right to DVD at this point. Uh, that's when he had his uh, his failed production studio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this is when we were getting uh, such movies as Out of Reach, Into the Sun, Submerged, Today You Die. <laughs> mercenary for justice yeah this is long after even half past dead which was a pile of shit like yeah mm-hmm. oh god oh yes oh yes you're gonna love it you're gonna love this album yeah yep so that's what we're doing next week joe 
I may I'm very angry right now. <laughs> very pissed off. Again, dude, we gotta suffer for the art, man. We've been we've been taking it easy dude, on ourselves. We need to suffer this much though. <laughs> uh dude, it's there's this like this feels like Pat Boone territory. <laughs> dude, it's 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 honestly I'm going to tell you, I think Pat Boone is worse. Like, Pat Boone is worse. I don't think so, Paul. (laughs) I think so, There's a little charm to the Pat Boone album. (laughs) Pat Boone is worse. I'm not going to lie to you. Pat Boone is worse. No, no, Pat Boone had charm to it, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, just think about how much fun we're going to have ripping on all the fucking lies and all the crazy shit about Steven Seagal next week. Oh, my God. So bring your Steven Seagal crazy stories because we're going to have time because the album. This is weird because I just watched like a YouTube video like a few weeks ago about like his tall tales and like. Holy shit. Joe, I got to tell you about two weeks ago, I started doing the same fucking thing. Like, I don't know if the algorithm on YouTube was making it or what. And that's when I remembered. I was like, fuck is Steven Seagal, his music album. And he made two, by the way. We are doing, and I'm going to tell you right now, Joe. All right. (laughs) There's two. This is the better. This is the first one, and it's the better of the two. So just be glad I'm not having you listen to Mojo Priest, because the Mojo Priest album is really bad. Dude, that's like saying shit is better than diarrhea, Paul. It's, It's the same thing. No, 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 dude. You're just dude, splitting hairs at this. No, no, dude. No, 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 no. Because Chris Songs from the Crystal Cave, I'm going to tell you, it's shit. But Mojo Priest is the flu shits. <laughs> like, so it's the time like where your asshole feels like it's throwing up. That's how bad that album is. So, I think yeah. You see a doctor. I don't think I ever had my butt do that before, Paul. <laughs> uh, you know, I got IBS. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, shit gets real on this podcast. <laughs> I don't hide it. Fuck you around me. You're going to be hearing me ripping ass all goddamn day, depending on what I ate. <laughs> Sexy. Um, all right, Joe. With that, do you want to take us out? No. This has been Rate That Album with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening.